Welcome to Alter Your Economics Presents. I'm Alex. I'm Laura. And I'm Jared. And in honor of the ending of Daylight Savings, we're going to go back in time this week first. Or we'll be last. I don't know. We're going to do some sort of time travel. It's all yes. about perspective. What do we want? Time travel. When do we want it? It's irrelevant. Exactly. Uh, so we're going to talk about our favorite time travel books, comic books that we've read or have heard about at least. We'll see on how much we've actually read versus just what we know about. Um, so who wants to go first with their first pick? Everyone is so excited. Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> uh, so my first one um, was X-Men Days of Future Past, which was Uncanny X-Men issues 141 to 142 back in 1981. It was such a famous time travel book that they made a movie out of it, which was okay, I guess. Um, it wasn't horrible. I enjoyed it. It's, it wasn't not, horrible. It's Ringing a, endorsement. It's not the most accurate no. I mean, if you go into some of those movies without any expectations, you'll enjoy it a little bit more. It, it was Fox's X-Men, so yeah. hopefully we'll get better ones with Marvel Disney now. But in the movie, Wolverine got sent back in time because Hugh Jackman, and he's the most famous X-Men actor. Yeah, I'd say of all time. Uh, I was questioning, like, uh, maybe Patrick Stewart oh. and Ian McKellen, but I'd still say the longevity of actual times of acting and overall career, Hugh Jackman's probably bigger in that aspect. With the X-Men, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, in the movie, Wolverine went back in time. In the comic books, Kitty Pride went back in time. Um, it made a little more sense in the comics because in the movie, they used Kitty Pride's power to send Wolverine's consciousness back. Or how about they just send Kitty Pride back? So, cut the middleman out. Um, Kitty Pride was in the year tw- 2013 and got sent back to the year 1980 to stop the assassination of a senator. I forget whose name is. I've written down here somewhere. Uh, anyway, they had to stop an assassination of a senator, and they succeeded. They stopped the apocalypse from happening. From happening, and it was pretty good. It's like I said, it's the biggest, one of the biggest X Men stories. And it's definitely the biggest Kitty Pride story at this point, where she was the main star and saved the whole universe from apocalypse and bad stuff. So who wants to go next? It sounds like it's me. <laughs> so I went back into my Spider-Girl archives because I remembered this issue, well, this two-issue arc, actually. Um, Slayers, Spiders, and Torches, oh my, was one of the, the names of the issues. I should have opened up the other one, too, and figured out what it was labeled. Crinkle, crinkle, crinkle. Crinkle, crinkle. You don't have to edit out, like, these are bagged and boarded, like, original stuff. Sealed for perfection. Yeah. Father's Day was the name of the other issue. And another great thing about these Spider-Girl issues to bring up, besides the time travel, they've also recently been reprinted in the Complete Collection Volume 1, which you can still order at Alter Ego, I believe. I think we still have it. Yeah, there's a couple. Or we can get it in, probably. It's still new enough, they're still making more copies. So yeah, it's not like you can't get this. You can get it tomorrow if you want. So go out and read this time travel issue, um, issues number 10 and 11 from July and August of 1999. Already seems like time travel right there, just talking about it. So Spider-Girl is discovers this villain, his name's Spiral, and he's just trying to get back home, he claims. Like, he says he's from another time period and he's just trying to get back, but he's causing other issues along the way as he's trying to get back 
And so she's just trying to stop him because she really thinks that he's just crazy. She doesn't think that he can actually go back and, well, to another dimension, I think is what he says in this. But she leaps on him, tries to stop him, ends up going back in time with him. And I think it was actually an accident. He didn't intend to go back in time, but they did. And her time travel lands her in Amazing Spider-Man number 25, which I also have like a reprint of. I'm not sure where you all can pick this up, but I'd recommend it. Because it is amazing <laughs> to read both of these together and see the pages where they actually, you can tell that um, Ron Friends and Tom DeFalco did their homework. They looked at this, the, the Amazing Spider-Man and they actually took real panels and real situations and plugged them in and put Spider-Girl around the story. So you can really, really see it. And I, I love that part of it. And so when Spider-Girl goes back, she finds out that her gym teacher, Flash Thompson, is actually a bully, bullied her dad. Her dad's being like fawned over by this Liz Allen lady. And she's like, who is this? Where's my mom? She meets her mom. That was cool too. She meets Aunt May. And she also meets Betty Brant. And she's like, who's this lady? And she's more pivotal in the amazing Spider-Man issue. But Betty was obviously important in these other ones too. You just don't see it quite as much. And um, it's also when Spider-Man is fighting the Spider-Slayer. So J. Jonah Jameson's running around with his robots and Smythe with his... He's the actual inventor of the robots. And it was just... It's a really cool issue to me. Because, you know, obviously, I love the Spider-Man. I love the early Spider-Man stuff. So to have Spider-Girl go back into something I love so much, just double the fun. And this is your true Spider-Girl Mayday, right? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I guess I never did say that. Mayday Parker, the daughter of Spider-Man from the M2 universe. Yeah. All right, Jared. Uh, both of my picks are actually written by Jeff Johns. I just realized that sitting here. <laughs> so my first one is uh, Superman and the Legion of Superheroes. Um, this was done in more recent. It's got, when was this? Shoot. 2007 and 2008. So not real recent, but it's not like something from the 30s and 40s. It's relatively, it's relatively it's, new. Modern age. Yeah. So it starts out with um, this thing, or this uh, almost like a Superman-esque ship flying to Earth, or Earth in the future, in the year 3008, and it lands on Earth just like Superman's did and comes across a Ma and Pa Kent type of uh, older couple. And the first thing they do is they think, okay, we're law-abiding citizens. Here's what we do. We kill it instead of trying to save it. So... It flashes back to early days where with actual Clark Kent in modern time, and he's basically going out to fight a giant robot, but it turns out to be Brainiac 5, who then summons him to the future. Well, it turns out that Earth has become alien-hating Mongols? I... Racists? Yeah, racists, I would say. Bigots? Uh, yeah. Something like that. But yeah, uh, Anti-immigrant. Yeah, anti-immigrant and anti-alien, and... the. Throughout history, they made it seem like Superman was uh, human, and the Mother Earth gave him his powers, pretty much. And it turns out, once he gets there, he tries to stop a bullet, and the bullet goes right through his hand. And it turns out Earth's sun is red in that future. So they go through the story, and they are trying to prove that he's from Krypton, not Earth. So they go to a bat the Batcave to find the piece of kryptonite that... Superman had originally given Batman, and uh, they were attacked by the Earth's version of the Legion of Superheroes. They're all human and everything like that, and they don't find it. Well, it comes to turn out 
that uh, Sun Boy, they're using him to create the sun being red. Once they're able to turn off the machine that's controlling him, the sun turns back yellow and Superman gains his powers back and proves to everybody, hey, this isn't what I stand for, you know. And it was an amazing story. It was fun to see the art with the like archaeology, the archaeology portion of the Batcave dig and everything like that. There was a lot of fun stuff in this issue. And it was one of the first comics that introduced me to the Legion of Superheroes, and I was ready to read more after that. So it was a lot of fun. Now for round two of our Back to the Future time travel stuff. You know, I just realized I did not put Back to the Future on my list. They've done several comic books, but... Ooh, I didn't even right think here. about them. Oh, oh she's okay. on it. Is it on your list? It's not on my list. It, I It's on my list, but I didn't actually reread them. Okay. But I found them. I brought them down. <laughs> That's half the battle. <laughs> yeah, so, half the battle is getting the comics, finding them. Like, he got to watch me digging in my grandma's piano, which has been hollowed out <laughs> to hold our comics. And I was like, they're so heavy, and I can't get them out. <laughs> I was like, do you want me to help or just stay out of the way? And I was like, stay out of my way. So that's what I did. That was my version of helping. I was like, I'm here to help if you need or want the help. I don't know what to do, so I'll just offer that. Uh, so my second pick, or first pick, if you're time traveling yourself, fancy, mind blown. Or my second pick will have had been. Oh, man. All right, just say the pick. You're giving me a headache. Uh, Chrononauts. Uh, this is from 2015 by Mark Miller and Sean Murphy. Um, Mark Miller of the famous Millerverse has a ton of different everything and every, anything and everything. Um, this starts out with a, it's like a buddy time travel, like a buddy cop, but they're not cops. So a buddy time traveler thing where they originally create a satellite that is supposed to go back in time and you can actually watch like major events. So it'd be great for like history teachers to show, oh, this is what happened. This is how it happened. I think the first one they sent out was like the actual Battle of Gettysburg, and they're talking like, oh, this may look like reenactment, but no, this is the actual thing. Back This is a live feed from that on everything. And like, oh, cool. And then, of course, they need to test sending people through, but things don't go as the way they should, and they end up going through multiple dimensions and screwing up everything and unscrewing it up, and then they get to the end where, like, oh, things are fixed, maybe? I'll just say they end up doing a second volume, so I'll let you think, take how, however you wish. Um, but yeah, it was really, for me, it was a fun time travel one. I hate, normally I hate time travel, so, like this, when we came up with this category, I was like, ah, oh, I hate time travel so much. <laughs> but, uh, it, it, they did a fun, fun way to do it. So, I was like, oh, it's a nice, relaxing-ish jaunt through time. Um, one honor, I do want to quickly mention that there is the current series, The Man Who Effed Up Time. I read the first issue, and I need to get back into that one, because that, that seemed very similar to this, where it's pretty zany. I forgot about that one. I yeah. did, too. It's, it's relatively new, so that's mm-hmm. fair. Yeah, I feel like, have there only been two or three issues so far? Uh, no, there's been several, but we stopped carrying them at the store, other than subscriptions. Oh, okay, that's why I forgot about it. I think it started before COVID, also. So that yeah. could have been part of the delay of the series as well. The first volume is not out in trade, is it? I don't think so. I'll look that up. And while I'm looking that up, uh, how about one well, of you guys go with your next pick? You want me to go, or do you want to go? Keep it in order, or are you ready? I don't know. I'm torn. I kind of wanted to go back to my first one because I forgot something when you were talking about 
that you reminded me, Alex. Um, so I guess I, I guess I will go because I'm already talking. Uh, there was a panel in the Spider Girl, and how did it go? Since this is the past, your very existence proves he must find a way to beat this crazy contraption. She's talking about Spider-Man and the Slayers. But maybe he wins because you help. This time travel business is so confusing. <laughs> I meant to say that earlier. Oh, and the man who after time, the trade comes out in December, December 9th. And that's only, looks like five issues right now. I'll have to put in an order for that. So yeah, depending on how you're listening to this, if you want to get the time travel spirit and just jump around, this will all make sense. It'll be fine. That would be funny if someone's like, oh, I'll start halfway through. I'll start here. I'll start there. <laughs> I know on YouTube you can like make little markers on your video and say, Do, this is here, this is here. This well, you choose your own adventure sort of thing. <laughs> I mean, if you, the listener, wants to do that, please tell us how it goes and bravo on you. <laughs> like, I, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to edit this that much to make it actually linear. Nope. Think of this as a Quentin Tarantino storytelling of time travel. I don't know. It's still about as linear as we ever are. <laughs> Fair enough. So, who's who's second pick then? Or I guess I can keep going, although I kind of f this up, just like that man in time. Um, I I think I'm going to be very broad and kind of just say that pretty much any time Spider-Man 2099 comes back from 2099 into present Spider-Man arcs is one of my favorites. I'm around. Amazing Spider-Man issues 32 through 33 I've got sitting here. And I can't remember now, and I'm not finding it as I'm flipping through, why Spider-Man 2099 came back. But he thinks that Peter Parker can help him save something in the future, and so he's trying to get back to him so that he can get back to the future and all this. But, sorry, that's a really terrible review of it, but well, everyone should love Spider-Man 2099. It's just how it is. Was it the was it the most recent one where it started with him actually in the current timeline? Like the Miguel was in the current Marvel six one six. He was in twenty ninety nine. He was in twenty fifteen or whatever. I know. I know that for a while he has. I don't know if that was was the most recent series that it was taking place during the current timeline or not. Yeah, and he had a different suit for that, and yeah, there there was something wrong in the future, and he kind of could keep looking through this time window to see if he fixed it yet. And he kept being like, well, maybe this will fix it. Nope. Maybe this will fix it. At least fix it to make it to his time again. Yeah. Or even, I think that he just wanted to be able to live there. Like it was that bad that it was like apocalyptic deserts everywhere. The earth is doomed. I mean, well, also having lived through the last couple of years, I get not wanting to live in this current timeline too. I get that, but it is what it is. So on that depressing note, Jared, what is your next time travel? Okay, mine is from the Teen Titans, Jeff Johns run from about 2004. Uh, This starts out with um, Superboy and, well, let me preface that first. This is the Teen Titans team where the Young Justice, the Blonde Wonder Girl Cassie, uh, Superboy, Robin, Tim Drake, and Impulse... Bart Allen, where he becomes Kid Flash in this uh, Titans run, but it's where they join the older Titans of Cyborg, Starfire, Beast Boy, and Raven to form like the new generation of Teen Titans. Um, partway in, uh, Cassie and Superboy start having feelings for each other. They're going on a date, and they pretty much get... Uh, he gets sucked into the future to uh, the Legion of Superheroes. 
and he starts to gather the Titans, and they all go try to help the Legion against the Persuader. Um, I can't always remember their names offhand. Um, the floaty green eyeball dude, um, Emerald Eye. I think something like that. I don't remember for sure, but uh, they go help all the ti- uh, the Legion of Superheroes, and they you know they save the day and win the win the game. But when they go back in time, they don't make it to their timeline. They make it ten years to their future, not their like future future, but their present future. <laughs> it's messy. Yes, we want to give everyone a headache after this podcast, so we want to make this as confusing as possible. So it's ten years from their normal future of when they're now in their twenties, thirties, roughly, depending on who they are, and it's a dark and bleak future where they end up being the bad guys. The Titans are the villains. The Justice League is gone. Superboy is now Superman. Robin has become Batman. Uh, Wonder Girl, obviously Wonder Woman. Um, they're, they don't show Cyborg and, and them in it, uh, right away, but uh, Batman, Tim Drake, starts hunting down uh, Dula Dent and ends up killing her right away, pretty much. So they uh, get a call, or they get uh, notified that somebody's broken into Titan's Tower, which is their teenage selves, but they, they've got the same DNA, for, so all DNA scanners were fooled, so they just walk right in, you know, thinking it's their tower. So the older generation runs, you know, hunts them down in the tower, and they all meet, they all talk, they don't realize they're bad guys right away, and they're basically like, we've got to get these teenagers back to their own time before they realize we're the bad guys, and they, you know, it screws up the timeline and everything. So they end up running into the Titans East, which is Cyborg's Titans, who are still the good guys, and they all, it's just a crazy adventure finding out that you could grow up to be the bad guy. So it was a lot of fun, and it's really well written by Jeff Johns, who's one of my favorites. And there was a lot of time travel in this, going to the year 3000 and whatnot, and then back to 10 years of your future, back to your time, and just coping with the fact that you might be bad guys. But you can change that because the future is not certain. Or is it? Uh, I mean, it's a divergent on, timeline. Depends on what multiverse theory you <laughs> abide to. Once they get back there in their time, later in that Titans run, the evil Titans do come back in time, and they have a whole situation. But that's like after Superboy dies in, in uh, Infinite Crisis. So it's kind of like, okay... How are these people here if Superboy's dead? So there, but this I, I always like this one better, this time travel version. Wibbly but they're wobbly, both good. Wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Yes. How. Yep. That was the other thing I was supposed to bring up. Doctor Who. Yeah, they do. Much, mm. There's a bunch of Doctor Who books, which is all nothing but time travel, really. Yep. Uh, I do want to do an honorable mention. Another, I guess I don't know. A quick, quick pick for time travel. Uh, the Incredible Hulk: Future Imperfect. It was only two issues. Took place in the 90s maybe i, I don't know I oh, it wasn't that long ago was I, it? I don't know i didn't write that i didn't write that part down so sorry listeners that i screwed that part up but it's a two issue that's in trade where you get to see the hulk gets to battle maestro and spoiler alert maestro is the hulk but an evil crazy version and there's a current comic book series called maestro that explains how he turned into that supposedly they haven't actually done that yet right they're they're working on it, but yeah. Okay, yeah. Be the, it's in progress. Yeah, it's in progress. So, yeah, and I also want to mention King the Conqueror. 
any story he's in is time travel. There's just so many I couldn't really pick any of them. So other than Young Avengers, when he when Iron Lad, you find out that becomes uh, King Conqueror at the end of that. So I was like, oh, he was a superhero, and then something screwed up, and he went evil, and now he's King Conqueror. So any well, other quick? I, my honorable mention was Flashpoint. Barry Allen goes back in time to save his mom from being killed and basically wrecks the world. Screws up everything. Yes, just just obliterates everything. Which we've gone. We've gone over a handful of times, and that's why I yeah. didn't choose that today. I chose some of my other favorite. Jeff Johns. Yeah. Time yeah, Jeff Johns. <laughs> which, I, he wrote Flashpoint, too, didn't he? Uh, you'll have to Google that. Hold that sounds on. about right. I'm going to. Yes, he did. So that so, explains it. There's a theme here. So yes. I wonder who your hero of the week might be. It's looking that way. <laughs> so that will be our time travel picks of the weeks for this week. <laughs> uh, and last week. And last week. And next week. Yes. And whatever week it is that you are listening to this. That's right. I might have a different one next week, actually, because I debated another issue. But I decided it fit better with our idea for next week. But theme. next week could be last week, depending on which week you listen to this. So, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so, with that, we will move to our comic book picks of this week. Books that came out this November the 4th, 2020. The week that will just never stop going. <laughs> it just It's a rough week, guys. <laughs> I didn't even know. Politically speaking, it's been a rough week. It's been oh, a long week. Oh, that's why. Okay. Yeah, yeah, election week. So, who wants to go first with honorable mentions? I'll go first with my honorable mention of Deceased Dead Planet number five. Um, this issue is uh, John Constantine Heavy. He's uh, setting up a plan with um, Dr. Fate and um, Swamp Thing. And they don't know what it is right away. And Dr. Fate, he, they're kind of keeping Dr. Fate in the dark about it. And it's basically, it looks like John Constantine's going after magic. So, to fight the zombie hordes and everything like that. He was going to recruit Batman and all the others. And there's some, I, I, that's no spoilers, this was good. I really enjoyed it. This deceased, deceased dead planet has been excellent so far. I think it's safe to say deceased great yep whether it's the first one the unkillables dead planet oh yeah it's written by tom taylor it's great stuff yes it is there's some really good stuff that happens in this one so no spoilers though moving on all right and i'll jump ahead just because why not give laura a little bit more time because oh well With my <laughs> honorable mention will be black widow number three uh it's continuing on. i know we talked about the first issue might have been the second issue also we talked about i'm not sure but uh, she has given up the spy game. She is a domesticated civilian that she's an architect for this firm. She has a child that is like a year old or something. That's very like she's only been gone for like six months, but she has a year a one year old kid and a husband and something's weird going on. Uh, Bucky and uh, Hawkeye are studying them, trying to studying her and try to figure out like, okay, does she want this? Is something doing something to is someone doing this to her? Do we wake her up? If we wake her up, will she be mad because she was so happy then? Like she, that, like what do we do? And then you find out. Well, the new babysitter is not just the regular person. There's a twist with who she is, and what's going on with this. And you get a little peek into 
who set up this world for Black Widow, what's going on and everything. And it's been pretty good. I enjoyed it. I I did not go into reading a Black Widow story saying, oh, I'll enjoy this, but it's been really good. It's not your normal spy book. It was more of a mystery book, I guess. So yeah, that's my honorable mention for the week. Sounds like it's my turn. Yep. <laughs> so I think my honorable mention is going to be Inkblot 3, mainly because we, well, a, a cat adopted us. And we decided to name it Inkblot. And not, it's it's hard to, not a whole lot really happened in this book, but it was interesting. And it's one of those, it's uh, like pirates at sea. So if you really like ships and nautical stuff, then you'll probably enjoy this. The narrator of the story, I've just been calling her the archivist or the librarian. And if you remember from the first issue that we described a while ago, she has, like, nine brothers and sisters who have taken over nine different realms that are all interconnected by a, I almost want to say, like, the Rainbow Bridge, kind of like in Marvel, where there's Midgard and Asgard and all that. And so in this particular one, her brother, Ilavanos, Il- Il- I think is his name, he's the captain of the ship, but one of the other shipmates is like, you know what? I want to take over the ship and like kicks him off and mutiny. Yeah, mutiny. And the story basically follows if he gets his ship back or not. And then at the end, there's this cute little spot where, as Inkblot and she's actually traveling with another sea creature, and that's how they come across the whole thing. Um, but they blink out of the one realm into another one, and I think it's supposed to pretend to be Earth. And it looks like the cat is on top of the Loch Ness Monster. And they make a reference to that at the end. And I thought that was cute, too. Yeah, it was a very good, like, you don't have to necessarily read anything before that. It's a pretty good self-contained one-shot, more or less. Yeah. Yeah, it was just a quick, like, it really didn't have anything to do with the cat, either. But I assume it's world-building for something else that's coming up. I, I don't know where this story's going, but I'm along for the ride. It was a unique read. Yeah, just like our kitty cat. Just like our cat that adopted us. All right, Jared. Okay. Your so pick of the week. My pick of the week was Star Wars number eight, The Will of Tarkin. Uh, it's following the last issue where a commander is has been a Tarkin's protege. Apprentice. Apprentice. Whatever. Yeah. Men, mentor, mentee. Mentee. And uh, <laughs> there's a, it, it starts with a flashback of how she's appointed to this task force that you've seen in the last issue. And it's basically um, with uh, Vader having other issues with, you know, trying to track down Anakin. They need somebody or to... Try and track down Luke. Or, yeah, trying to track down Luke, Anakin's son. And they, uh, he basically goes to uh, Commander Zara and is basically like, Tarkin spoke very highly of you. Um, you know, you're in charge, pretty much. Let you read it. There's some good dialogue there, and it gives her a little bit more of her backstory. But it starts back into the current time frame where we left off in the last issue of that task force and command group of Tarkin's will um, is being attacked by two of the rebel cells or groups. And there's a big space battle, lots of great art. Um, They plan a boarding party to capture Princess Leia. Luke's there, Wedge is there. Everything's going on. There's a lot going on in this issue, and it was a lot of fun, and I can't wait to see where they go next. Yeah, it's definitely building this new character as, like, 
a big imperial force that yes like almost like a a thrawn or 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 a new tarkin which i always thought like tarkin in the movies like he just told people to shoot he didn't really do anything but in the expanded universe, you really build his oh, yeah. mystique, like how good and how important he was. Yep. So I think this is definitely one of those, like, oh, this will build this character that you'll never see in the movies or anything. Right. More than likely. But this shows how methodical and how impressive she is at her job. And this is a really good Star Wars story. If you're a Star Wars fan, this has been an excellent story. Keep reading all these. Yes. Both Star Wars and Vader right now. Vader is excellent, phenomenal. too. So that's my pick, Star Wars, The Will of Tarkin, number eight. Star Wars number eight. Uh, And my pick of the week will be Hellblazer, Rise and Fall, issue number two. This is a three-issue series written by one of our favorites, Tom Taylor. And it shows how much of a jerk Constantine can be. I know you mentioned him in Deceased. He was a jerk in Deceased also. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty much his thing. Is he drinks, yep. he smokes, and he's a jerk. Oh, and he does the, he does know some magic stuff. I think Damian Wayne, Batman, punches him in Deceased. Yeah. So. This one, slight spoiler, uh, but it's the very first page, so I'm not going to count it. Uh, Constantine wakes up in bed with the devil. Like, they slept together. So, it, it's... It, there's definitely some trickery abound by the devil and everything. They're trying to find out what's going on with this demon that he messed around with when he was a kid. So the first issue it had, it was him, the female friend, I don't know her name because I'm terrible at names, and then this other boy that they tried to summon something. They Nothing happened, but a flood happened, and then the kid died. Well, now the kid is back, still as a kid, but definitely evil and everything. Um... And this is really cool, cool magic stuff that Constantine does and shows that, oh, even though he's working with the devil, he's prepared to take care of himself and not truly trust the devil. And it was pretty good. Uh, you see some investigation that he does trying to figure out what's going on with these criminals and these crimes of people with their wings and they're randomly dying in weird places. Like, I know the first issue, they found a body, like, impaled on the steeple of a church or something like how, the, how did this person fall? There's nothing around. Why they fall? Why are they naked? Why do they have wings? And how do they fall from that? And I don't know. They weren't re- a good flyer. Or they could, they could fly fine. Landing was the problem. There we go. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a three issue miniseries. I I enjoy the first one. I enjoy the second one. This is a character I normally don't care about, but the way it's written and the way the story is, I've been thoroughly enjoying it. And we're subscribed to it on our poll list. Yeah, and it's neat that they're oversized issues, too, so they stand out a little more. For me, that's good and bad. Like, oh, it does stand out different, which is cool, but then again, how am I supposed to store it? Like, it's not going to fit in my long comic boxes with everything else, so we'll figure it out. Yep, remember those uh, bookcases Mom brought over the other week? Uh That's where they're living right now. There we go. So that's where this one will live with that one. So, Laura, what is your pick of the week? I think... I'm going to choose Red Atlantis, number one. Even though, like, I don't know. It it wasn't super great in itself, but it was another one of those where there's a story that I'm curious about. I want to know where it goes. Even though I wasn't super impressed with what it did with what it had, it's interesting. It's got a lot of potential. Yeah. And it was timely, too. It 
starts out in a bunch of polling locations and people's cell phones are acting up and the power's going out and then all of a sudden people are just beating the crap out of each other and it's like well, mass hysteria and no one knows why and they're let's see i think they're fbi agents yeah fbi agents are looking into what's going on and they find found found a kind of connection where it seems like there's a few places where a native Russian who's come to the United States is nearby when this has happened and they're like, is there a connection between all these people? And so they go to investigate one is Miriam Roberts and they start talking to her and trying to figure out, well, where have you been? Why are you here? What are you doing? Are you connected to this whole thing? And I guess that's a spoiler, so I don't really want to go there. But at the end, there's is basically the last page is what makes me go well what is going to happen with this because there's a a surprise and Miriam is oh um I can say this part she's called Miriam Pascal by another man who's like you need to come with me we need to go do these things and she's like that's not even my name what are you talking about and who are you yeah so hopefully next issue we find out who is this man all right so those are our picks of the week for this week. Now we do the part that we usually forget sometimes, but remember last minute. I always forget, but this one's easy for me. But who are our heroes of this week? I'll even go first. Wow. Jump. jump Jeff Johns. Whoa, I am shocked. Absolutely shocked. He was, he's the one who wrote like all three of my choices for time travel stories this week. So we're going to go with Jeff Johns. All right. Laura, do you have one or do you want me to go? I'll go ahead and jump in. I'm kind of going to split it, because why not? I can do what I want. It's true. Um, it's time Tom travel. Def- one's last week's picks, and this one's next week's. Yeah. <laughs> Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends are the writers and artists for Spider-Girl. My um, Mayday Parker from back in the day. So I think they should be my heroes this week, because they brought this story that even over 20 years later, I'm still reading it. I'm like, oh, I remember this. Oh, this was so great. So they did a good job. All right. And my hero of the week will be our neighbor, Charlie. Again? Yeah, again. I shouldn't say it like that, but... <laughs> uh, I think last time I picked him because he plowed our driveway during the winter. Uh, this time I'm going to pick because we were. Tr- I was trying to win a golf cart from Habitat for Humanity. I lost the bidding war, but at least the Habitat for Humanity was, allowed, was able to get more money because of the bidding war. So count that as a win, even though I lost. But he found out about that. He's like, you know what? I'll sell you mine. I'm looking to upgrade a new one. So he's selling us his, and he's going to keep it in his barn for us because we don't have necessarily the room made out for it yet in our garage. So he was like, he'll sell it to us, he'll keep a hold of it for us for the winter, and we'll take over it then, and we'll transform it into a spider buggy. That's awesome. So, yeah, Charlie's going to be my hero of the week for that because that's cool. And Sally, too, because I'm guessing she had some say on it as well. Hopefully some good to guess since they're married. I would think. I would think. But So, yeah, that's my hero of the week. So we got my neighbor, or our neighbor, I should say. Uh, Everyone's neighbor. Jeff Johns and the creators of Spider Girl. <laughs> I forgot the names already. Tom DeFalco yeah, I guess, and. See, you remember Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends. Ron Friends. I, Th- I there are some other people too, but I those are the big names. Those are the main ones. Those are the names I remember. There we go. <laughs> the truth comes out. Hey, close enough. But. Other than that, you, the listener, is our hero as well, this week and every week. 
uh, including people that we actually did do some research and checked out some reviews. Uh, Al Gerding posted, ain't nothing wrong with this podcast. So that's a good review. And Metink, Metink, I don't know, it doesn't have a name. Uh, it's a handle. It's a, yeah, it's a handle. Uh, great comic perspectives from local experts and lots of other good stuff that's in there. He wrote a very, or they wrote a very thorough review that was praising us. So thank you for writing reviews. Yep, write some more so we can read more of them. These are actually from like February. And they're only on, I think, the I podcast iphone one itunes that's the word i was looking for apple podcast slash itunes whatever i think that's the only that actually does full start or full-fledged reviews other than you like it or you don't and there are a couple other ones but yeah it was hard to find them and i'm not sure how to submit them like i thought i would try to write a review too but it wouldn't let me and there were a couple that it sounded like if you own the podcast you could get into more features which, yeah, I meant to ask you if you ever got a random email that said, hey, here's your password or your password that you asked for. Nope, no clue on that one. Okay, then yeah, that didn't work right. Chances are Mark would have got that email since oh. he's the one that set up everything. Okay. Since he said, well, I should say he set up the channel and I hijacked it. So, so he'll get all the emails still. <laughs> Not my problem to deal with. But we want to deal with it so we can get the reviews. <laughs> yeah. Go take that over. I'll do what I can. <laughs> but thank you for listening please uh, rate if you haven't yet or rate again keep rating us best ratings you can rate uh, share on social media tell your friends tell your enemies too I don't care tell everybody to listen to it if there's a topic you want to see what our takes on let us know we'll see what we can do I'll try harder at the homework assignments from actual people Next week is Veterans Day, so we'll do a Veterans special. It'll be our theme. So we did time travel this week, Veterans next week. The week after that, who knows? Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening. Please, like I said, share. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And thanks for listening.